0: Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook.
1: And I'm Daryl Etherington.
0: And this week, we are going to be reviewing the new season of Terrace House, the Japanese reality television show, which is on Netflix. Before we get to that, though, we're going to talk about listener response to our last episode about the family and about some news. So, Let's talk about listener response. Um, Mostly, just want to remind people, you can email us at originalcontent at techcrunch.com. And if it's an interesting comment, even if it is very negative, we will happily read it on the air. This week, we didn't get any emails. We did get some tweets in response to the family. I'm not sure I feel comfortable reading any of them because some of them kind of go into some weird places. But in general, it seems like there was a lot of skepticism about the documentary.
1: Don't be weird when you send us messages. Don't be weird. That's a good rule. You I mean, can be no. I mean, you can say weird. whatever
2: you want to us honestly, but like we're just not going to repeat Yeah. We're not going to repeat things that maybe come from a place of hate. We'll put it that way. Particularly yeah. like hate against people as opposed to content. Like I don't if you hate the show we're talking about, like I want to hear about that for sure. We
1: love doing that. That's all we do. Mm-hmm.
2: We hate things too. You know what I mean? But that, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get too much deeper into it. But anyway, the family was interesting to watch and interesting to review. It clearly <laughs> made people feel things. So that's something. But we have new stuff for this week, right?
0: That's right. Um, so the big piece of streaming news this week is that NBC Universal, just like every other big media company, has been talking about building its own streaming service. Um, but they haven't said a lot about it um the only thing really they've revealed so far is that they were probably going to keep it um free and ad supported at least for for some people and so this they announced that it's going to be called peacock and <laughs> they've got this whole like uh, there's like a couple of different content announcements one is that they're going to pull the office off of netflix and so if you're going to if you want to watch the office you have to watch peacock <laughs> if you want to watch the office online at
1: least <laughs> well unless yeah unless you buy it like a normal same person again if you love these stupid old garbage shows that everybody loves and you want to just go no, the office in the that's forever, another
2: line daryl okay Darryl coming in hot I hate friends <laughs>
1: just it's fine it's a good show it's a good show but, but the there's, office, the future, like where, and there's the future there's the present you can't
2: call the office garbage bro like get <laughs> your shit together <laughs>
1: You over about I'm responses
2: last week were intense. Like, yeah, keep t- calling the office garbage and see what happens to your Twitter. Listen,
1: I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Office. I really did. I have very fond memories of the Office, but I live in the now. I want to live in the now. I don't want to just grasp onto my past as it slips through my fingers in a just desperate attempt to just hold on to and relive my youth. It's pathetic. Just, get, just watch the new show.
2: It's pathetic for you.
1: Don't you
0: pres- believe in preserving television history, Daryl?
1: No, history should, should be obliterated.
2: Kill history. <laughs> you're you're finding yourself at a, on a slippery slope, my
1: friend. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. Uh, Wait, I don't like where this naturally. <laughs> you
2: just said history should <laughs> die. Oh my god! No, like the, the, just because something doesn't work for you and you don't want to rewatch a show twenty times doesn't mean that you have to. Judge people who do, Daryl. No one's forcing you to continue watching The Office. Although I like your suggestion of buying it, I think that's smart.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, that's the that's the sensible conclusion, right? Because then you have it. Well, maybe forever. It, actually, it's, you're not like even $200? really
2: dollars. How much are you going to spend on that, though? Like,
1: I
0: mean, how many seasons do you need? Is part of the question there?
2: M- most of them, I think. I mean, so- some people quit after Corral, but I don't. I'm going <laughs> I'm loyal. <laughs> <sighs> Loyal but to you could,
1: you, you could, you could get it. You, you could also still get it taken away, right? That's the problem, I guess, with my suggestion. Because who knows? Maybe iTunes is like, ah, oh, we changed our the idea. We changed the whole right. idea of this. The way
0: that it, I think was it ultraviolet. I think that went away,
1: or mm, some of these, yeah, like yeah.
0: you know, film libraries went away, and there was a way that you could still try to transfer your purchase to a different service. But obviously, not everyone's going to do that.
1: Yeah. But I do. I still do think if that if that is your thing and that's like a real uh, decision point for you, like that's the way to go, as opposed to trying to chase the streaming services all around everywhere, trying to trying to build out your library that way with a hodgepodge of different subscriptions. Right.
0: right. I mean, I think part of wh- the thing about these shows is not so much that people necessarily care so much that they're following them um, to different services or will sign up, but it's like. An additional incentive, and it keeps people around because if once you start, you know, putting it on as comfort viewing, you've got so many episodes to go through that potentially, um, you know, they, they, you're just less likely to cancel, and it just like beefs up that content library in a very quick way. I was going to say cheap, but it's not yeah. cheap because it's like I think five hundred million dollars for for the office um, that that NBC had to pay.
1: Yeah, not cheap, but. Um less risky right like it's a more of a sure thing um versus like trying new content and hoping people like it i guess
0: yeah so they are trying new content though the the big i think headline grabbing one was they are planning or at least developing a reboot of battlestar galactica which will be led by sam ismail who was the creator of mr robot how do we feel about that
2: i don't know mr robot so i can't judge this guy i know battlestar galactica very well and and i don't know guys i'm nervous i like want to be excited it's such a tough feeling it's a lot of emotions i want to be excited i don't think that i am though i think i'm real nervous and anxious i'm gonna have to watch it obviously it's probably gonna hurt my feelings
1: well this is where like uh is katie
2: Sackhoff gonna be in it
1: i don't think so but this is where like the the it comes back to the thing like the old hold on to the old or whatever the new like i'm i'm willing to i'd prefer they do this than just buy and recycle the old series right because it's like oh well try try a new take and it could go either way but at least it could go either way as opposed to just being the same old thing although at the same time i hate where mr robot like the trajectory of mr robot is awful it started off as a pretty good kind of interesting show and quickly went to like yeah, This is stupid, bad, bad television. I don't need to watch this anymore.
0: I feel like, um, I actually feel the opposite way in the sense of, rather than, you know, just rebooting, keep continually rebooting things, just watch the original thing that was already good. Um, I mean, Battlestar Galactica is sort of an interesting case because it was itself a remake of a 70s show, but no one gives a shit about the 70s show anymore, and om- people only think about the, the newer version.
1: But what if your rule was a universal rule? Right. Then so I'm not saying it. that,
0: but I, I I think like this idea that the only way that things can be brought back is as remakes. Versus, I mean, I think it's partly on my mind because we were talking in one of the um, Slack channels uh, among our team and uh, Sarah Perez, one of our coworkers, she was talking about like kids who have no interest in watching any of the 90s Disney movies. And that's why they go see the live-action ones, because it's like, I'm not going to go watch The Old Lion King. But if you just make it again, and it's the exact same movie, but quote-unquote live-action, I'll go see it. And then that's why these movies, even though they're not very good, are these giant hits, because it's just a way to keep it in front of kids, even though there's no real artistic reason for these movies to exist. So I kind of have, I guess, a different chip on my shoulder about this. I'm, you know, mm. I I am curious about, you know, this this new version of Battlestar Galactica, but there is a part of me that just says you don't need to reboot everything. It's fine. You could you could just you know feature Battlestar the, the you know the 2000 version of Battlestar Galactica, and people will, will will follow it, and and that'll be great.
1: I think now like the, this this qualifies as you being on record that you're not going to participate in the reboot of original content when it happens. <laughs>
0: uh I mean he. We would actually have to make money for that to be available to me. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I I, I I, get where you're coming from. I just think uh, I'm not against it. I just think it's, it's the creatives involved. It's all situational. It all depends. I'm, I'm not like immediately get my, I don't immediately get my back of about kind of reboot culture, um, but it makes a big, big difference who the people involved are. Um, how excited I end up becoming about the show. And in this case, I'm just wary, basically, is how I would describe it.
0: There are a handful of other reboots in the works. Um, there's a Saved
1: by the Bell reboot
0: and a Punky Brewster reboot. Oh,
1: man. That just makes me tired, those <laughs> ones. So,
0: <laughs> those will actually have the original cast. It'll be Elizabeth Berkeley and Mario Lopez are going to oh. be in Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Uh, the original Punky Brewster is going to play a grown-up version of herself.
1: Okay. And then does, is that like the Full House style thing? Yes, I don't I don't know. Probably. Ah, well, I mean, I don't know. I have no opinions on all of those. Those ones I'll, I'll gladly just never see and it'll be fine. <laughs> right. And they can go their own way. I've
0: seen 10 <laughs> no. minutes of Fuller House and it is one of the biggest regrets of my life and, and I don't intend to watch any more of that.
1: As repellent as I imagine it to be probably just probably immediately awful. Like you would have to. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Cause if you watch any of those uh, ABC era sitcoms, the, what was the night called family Friday? Oh, TGIF, right? Yeah. TGIF. TGIF. Thank
2: God it's Friday. A friend of mine just recently got that in its original font Ooh. tattooed on her arm.
1: <laughs> That's not bad. Wow. That's not I'm not against that. Weirdly, it's inconsistent with my views, but I think like that's kind of okay.
0: <laughs> we don't demand ideological consistency here. <laughs> that's true. I, I guess in general the question is how do we I mean there's I understand why if you're a big media company you feel like you need to have a streaming service, but I mean I mean we're not saying anything new here, but there's just so many. Apple and Disney are about to launch in a couple of months. Is there anything here that makes you excited about peacock?
2: I mean excited is a strong word. I think that <laughs> i i like have a desperate need to see this Battlestar thing and yeah. just just because of who I am, but like i don't i don't know if i'd even i mean I guess I'd have to pay for it, but I would definitely pull if i like well, I would pull get your one free of those.
1: free trial or something probably.
2: Free ad supported. Yeah, exactly. But if there's the, like, that's exactly what I was saying. If it was paid, like if it was $5 a month, I would just do, use my free month to watch the Battlestar Galactica stuff and then call it. I don't think that. I also am still on cable. I'm not like the best. I just, I have everything. I literally have all the TV that I could have, like doubled up in some respects. And just, cause I never want to not be able to watch something.
1: For a while, I had that on music, but I feel like the problem is going to be infinitely worse on tv for a while i had like all the subscription music services basically because each one offered something slightly different that i was like oh, i want this feature on this thing and then this feature on this other one and i want them all available to me i got over that it was a sickness but <laughs> i think with the the, the, the streaming it's going to be way worse right you're going to have so many overlap areas but they'll be it's because of the content it'll be like the one thing you want here and the one thing you want there and that'll keep you there and it's going to be insidious and awful and the lump payout per month is going to be worse than cable and we're, we're, we're regressing again.
0: Yeah. Um, well, on that bleak note, should we move <laughs> on to Terrace House?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Because this, this is a happy thing. This is a, a thing that brings joy into the world, namely Terrace House Tokyo 2019 to 2020. Uh, longtime listeners of the podcast will remember that we reviewed the previous season of Terrace House, uh, I guess about a year and a half ago. I actually think it was Daryl's last episode with us before he took his, what he didn't realize at the time or didn't reveal at the time was just going to be a temporary sabbatical before returning to TechCrunch and to the podcast. My research here.
1: Yes. It's a, it's like a very incredibly long-running show, like uh, Terrace House proper, the macro Terrace House. I don't even know when it started. It was originally just on... Uh, Fuji TV in Japan and then Netflix came in and picked it up and started co-producing it and they've done themselves quite a few seasons. And then this one, this one is the least interestingly named. Usually they're called like Opening New Doors or Aloha State or something fun. This one's called Tokyo 2019-2020. <laughs> uh which also i appreciate you.
0: that because it's very clear <laughs> then you just know what it is versus in my head i'm like wait which one is opening new doors which one is boys and girls together like
1: I don't know to yeah. Tell you. <laughs> yeah that's true it, it is clear also i think it's a nod to the olympics because that's like a a big well it's not a big part but they have already said like this will extend through the olympics and presumably that will feature into the content somehow um until like the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is e- big. Everybody in Japan is very very excited about this and and planning all kinds of stuff for it. I was just in Tokyo for work actually, and there's lots and lots of Tokyo 2020 stuff already up and going around. So I think that's a big part of it and why it's called that.
2: How crazy is it that we're like so close to 2020?
1: That's weird. That feels weird because yeah, I was like, wow, it's gonna go for so long. Wait, no, that's only like <laughs> at, at the. Of the inside, it's like two months or whatever, three months, right? I don't know what month we're in. <laughs> Four months? Four? <More>? Yeah. Three. <laughs> okay. Three and a half. Uh, yeah. Three and a half. There you go. Yeah, it is crazy, Jordan. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Life moves fast.
2: <laughs> if you don't stop and look around. <laughs> yeah. They're also, as the, I think the
0: longest running. Terrace House fan and the person who recommended we review it both times how would you just sort of boil down what the the concept and the setup of the show is
1: yeah so it's a reality television show it's similar um, in structure to the real world kind of uh, in terms of American shows but like more the original run of the real world less the later zanier runs of the real world Um, it's this, there's always six cast members uh, at any given time uh, three guys and three girls and they're living in a house provided by the production uh, beautiful house in every instance this one's in tokyo and the the name uh, they've been in different places some in tokyo some in different parts of japan and one in hawaii as well and they also provide them cars and that's like always the setup we provide them a house and cars and nothing else and then they just kind of say or or the the fiction i guess is that they just let the cameras run and then what happens is like their natural interactions right and there's always kind of like um it's it's overt like there's an overt sort of subplot of these guys and girls are looking for romance and part of what they'll be doing is pursuing potential relationships with the other members of the household um in different configurations they usually try to date uh you know a a bunch of the people and figure out what's going on and then sometimes pretty rarely given the the structure they end up actually like uh developing relationships that sometimes last outside of the house sometimes lead to i think they've led to marriage in a couple instances but um yeah so it's it's kind of like a dating show reality show because they're also living and working and doing their normal um like jobs and and daily lives while they're all living together in this house. And that's another key ingredient that's kind of not really uh, translated into North American equivalents. Like they, they just go about whatever they were pursuing to begin with. Right. So one's an illustrator in this season. She continues to be an illustrator and has to go to work during her assigned hours. And, you know,
2: and like they have their phones and they see their other friends and they're not like on lockdown in this, like American reality shows, are not just stupid because they're filled with stupid people mostly, (laughs) but because they, they put them in these situations where they like must interact with one another in order to get any mental stimulation whatsoever. They don't have like books or TV or, or like the news or their phone or communication with their families. Yeah. It's hardly artificial and weirdly. Think about what would happen if the bachelor played out, But with everyone having access to their phone, friends, past love interests, etc.
1: Well, they would probably just never get together with one another. Yeah,
2: (laughs) They would never get anywhere because they'd be like, oh, no, I've got this like fling or like, you know, oh, you posted an Instagram of yourself with a dude like I'm jealous now or whatever it might be. Like all the actual which is why all these bachelor couples break up so quickly because they're like, oh, my God, you have a phone. Like and you use it and you text instead of talking to me. Like I mean, yeah. It's
1: once just, they're outside in the real world, it's like, oh, your your whole your crazy honeymoon fantasy artifice thing doesn't work at all because it was not tested in any real conditions. Yeah,
2: yeah which is why these are so interesting because it's like, I don't know. It just feels like it's much more real life. I think yeah. it is. You know, I mean, you can tell in a lot of these reality shows that are like, you need to go talk to him about the fight you guys had. You know, let's get the cameras ready. Whereas this just does not feel that way at all. Like, it really no. does feel unscripted.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like producers are doing, like, a guiding hand behind the scenes. And it also, like, by all accounts, they're, the the people are what they seem to be on the show. There's been a couple really notable instances where there was something going on, Um that was not like in the production or in the the actual like footage, footage that was broadcast and it ended up being like major majorly scandalous but it was very very rare so i think i think that's right i think it is like generally more accurate and you mentioned also that they're allowed to watch tv and the weird thing i don't know how far you've been and whether this has happened yet but they they often watch themselves in like the earlier aired episodes of the show all together oh how weird it's great because they're like, oh, oh, look at my face, <laughs> and they'll be they'll reveal things. Like they'll see scenes where the guys are all talking together, and then the girls are watching with them, and they'll be talking about the girls or vice versa, right? And oh it's my like,
0: God. I'm just starting to get like
1: stressed out thinking about that. And it, but it drives the plot forward because they'll be like, oh, did you really like me? And then they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I do. And they're like, oh, interesting. We should have lunch or something. <laughs> You're like, wow. Like,
2: I would die to watch, like, any American reality TV show star, like, watch themselves on the show. I think that would be one of the funniest, best (laughs) pieces of content in the world, right? To just, like, have a live feed of all the people from The Bachelor watching the episode of The Bachelor. Like, I just, I would love it.
1: And have them not be their personas. Like, just have them be themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Or try to like figure out how to make the persona work while they're watching themselves act on this TV show. Yes. A
2: lot of layers.
1: Uh, but that's the setup. That's all set up, right?
0: Uh, yeah. And, and then, I mean, so I think part of what you guys are alluding to is, or at least is the most striking for me is how incredibly low conflict and low stakes it feels that, um, you know, that, that everyone is generally very friendly towards each other. There are fights, but they tend to be non-confrontational, you know, passive-aggressive, if at all. And and so, like, the kind of standard drama that we're used to seeing in reality television just doesn't happen, except for the relationship stuff. And it's only the will-they-won't-they they relationship stuff and maybe a little bit of shit-talking. But um, fundamentally, you don't have big dramatic blow-ups. You just have people you know, being polite to each other and then occasionally saying mean things behind people's backs.
2: Yeah. But even like the mean things are always like, I don't know, like so gentle. It's incredible. Like I've never like, Oh, he seems kind of closed off, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) that's the big, diss, you know, well, you saw that
1: you guys both referenced the temp. Well, Anthony referenced, I think the tempura incident, which is the name of episode two. mm -hmm. And uh, I think if you're like, used to the north american style you're expecting something very different than what you get because what you get yeah. is subdued and what you're expecting is like some kind of food fight maybe but it's, it's yeah, not right he just or like he a, a cooking accident as
2: a metaphor <laughs> like, yeah he uses the idea of eating tempura as a metaphor to describe just like a general thought he had about yeah. something and they're like the tempura incident episode two you know and it's like uh-huh
1: yeah it's an ideological disagreement that's like i I think yeah you you're you can easily be kind of like, what what why is it so contentious that they disagree on this point, right? like they just both have somewhat different opinions about yeah. uh, motivation and kind of like career pathing like is career basically path. yeah. <laughs> but it is it's great like it's it works in the show. it works the way that it's shot, I think anyway, right the way mm-hmm. that yeah, going. no,
2: I, it was great. I also love like just like the panel of people watching them like I mean love is a strong word I guess it's like sometimes they make me really uncomfortable The people watching them mm-hmm. because they take something that feels like we said like everything that happens in the house is relatively tame like even flirtations are like non-physical very muted like 17th century flirtations in my opinion it's like a cultural thing I'm sure But then you flip over to the commentary. People are like, oh, my God, that's so sexy or whatever. They make, like, comments. Remember when the girl's purse was kind of, like, hanging in front of her and they were making comments about her purse? Yes, I. Yes. It's just, like, you guys are, like, scraping away the sheen of, like, sweet cutesiness of this in a way that, like, I don't want you to do. But at the same time, you have a lot of the same thoughts as them and they, like, just – Feel super relatable that group of people watching. So, and and they're funny. They're way funnier than the actual people in the house.
1: Yeah, they, I I think well they've they've been with it through the whole. So they're the actual only consistent characters in the program, right? Because the housemates cycle always um, change. Yeah, yeah, and the and the the panel of observers, which is not unique to this show. Like that is a, the a facet of kind of like uh, Japanese television generally. Like even if you have cooking shows or talk shows or whatever else you'll have a panel of people watching the show and commenting on it live as you watch it um but it's uh, yeah they 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 are terrific characters they're very funny they have great interplay because they've been doing it for years too and they're kind of initially if you're used to more western reality or whatever you're like oh this is weird what's going on here but then as you watch it i think it becomes like one of the key reasons to continue watching it, right, is for the commentary, because it's, it's really good. 100%.
0: And, and there are times where people are so shy and restrained and that you're just dying for the commentary to, like, kind of let it all out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And they can be, exactly. like... Exactly. It's, it's so, it's so just different in that some of them are so... Like you were talking about, like, when they're making the the sexual references, right? And it, it gets really, like, blue. <laughs> I don't know. It gets really uh uh pg-13 i guess uh or or comparably
0: blue like it acknowledges the existence of sex which like no one in the house does
2: no yeah like i remember the last time we watched terrace house it was like a huge fucking deal that the this couple had kissed after like a year and a half in the house or something like they had been around each other forever will they won't they thing And they kiss and it seems like a very like Disney movie type thing. And then you go over to the panel and they're like,
1: oh, get it
2: on, you know, and you're like, well, I, while I relate with you, I don't, it's hard because at a certain point you're like, hells, yes, they are. But then on another part, you're like, I kind of liked that we took so long for the kiss. It felt very like Mr. Darcy and you're ruining it, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's there's a there's a relationship between yourself and the commentators too that is like a part of the enjoyment of watching this.
0: And the commentators this time around are the are the first ones, and as far as I've seen, the only ones who sort of acknowledge this thing that's happened between seasons, which is that the show moved to or you know made it onto Netflix and has become. I don't want to say a global phenomenon, because I think that's slightly overstated, but just it has found a global audience and a global fan base that didn't really exist before. And so the commentators will acknowledge that. And then they will explain things occasionally to um, and, you know, this sort of outside Japan audience, although what they pick to explain is very random. And there are a lot of things where I'm like, why didn't you talk about this? And then they explain something that I'm like, no, I got that. You didn't spend (laughs) five minutes talking about that. Yeah,
1: but I think, well, they've they've referenced it before because they have been on Netflix for a few seasons, but not to the extent that they did this time. I think it's really um, in the past couple Netflix iterations that it's become super popular outside of Japan. So, yeah, they talk about how like Reina Trendle, one of the hosts, uh, has been recognized by like somebody's British friends or something and they want her autograph or they want to like get in touch with her or whatever. Uh, and that's all kind of new to to this time around. I think they're really sensing that they're like, that they have this kind of global audience now uh, more than ever before. Before it was on, but it was, it felt kind of experimental. Like maybe some people from other countries will be watching this, but uh, it's still primarily like a Japanese audience.
2: I just also like, like it reminds me. So back in the day when I was in college, I used to watch a lot of Korean dramas. And one of the things that like, I loved so much about them was that it wasn't I mean a lot of the cultural stuff like everything wasn't quite as it seems like you know like romantic relationships move slower and like there's a lot of distinctions in like even like the language when you're speaking like formally to someone or informally to someone and all that stuff and I like that Terrace House I don't know like how much this has to do with like editing and whoever's doing the transcriptions um, and changing things over to English for us or whatever. But like, I, I like, I like those layers of things, right? Like there was a point in one of these episodes where they were in the car and he was like, why are you speaking? Or she said, why are you speaking so formally Mm, to me? You know, and she was kind of like wanting him to speak informally. And it's just like, not something that like we have access to, right? Like here for like an American reality television show or like Western reality television shows there's not like those added kind of layers of like formality and like it, everything's really fast you know like people show up on real world or the bachelor and they're like sup bros, drink a beer you know like it's like just gets really there is no formal layer you know and i just like kind of enjoy that
1: yeah there, there's like a bit where um it's kind of equivalent to when you hear like oh that person's fake or whatever right like that's the somewhat equivalent to for, for like the real world or, or bachelor or something like not that
2: for the right reasons or whatever yeah
1: yeah right like you think they're putting on airs or like being a character right i I think that's similar in in practice to what they're talking about but it's it definitely does add it and i think again i'm not super familiar but the hosts talk about it a little bit where this is unique in that a lot of people um i, I think the the guests in this season talk about it in the first or second episode where they talk about how you people don't date openly in Japan, so this is a real unique opportunity to so I think that it's like especially unusual to get this level of kind of like access and that and the fact that they are being so informal with each other, even though they're relative strangers, is like really unique and and special to this program, and that's like part of why it's so fascinating
2: well, and I think it's interesting too because it's obviously the stated purpose of the show is that you put six people in a house and we watch them and that's it. But like, there are clearly some other motivations, but they don't get in the way. Like, for example, we have a musician and artist, two actors. Like we have people who are clearly want their names and faces out there. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like cloud what they're doing in any way. Right. We also clearly have people who are like, I'm here to find a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but it doesn't, feel contrived in the same way that some of the like dating reality shows do. So it's just like it's almost nice to, like kind of put all that out on the table even though they don't put it out on the table, but it's like it's not a bother. Does that does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I agree that like it's this interesting in between where they don't they don't talk about it openly. They never say, "Oh, I want to be famous. I'm an aspiring actor. Therefore, I'm on Terrace House." but they almost say it, they sort of say, oh, the reason is because I'm an actor, and then somebody w- might say, oh, that should be very good for you, and then they move on. Yeah. And so it's, they're not they're not like going into it, but they're not pretending it's not there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely a causal factor, but it's not, they don't like spend the whole time belaboring that, and they're just kind of like trying to show off their talents as a result, right? <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Um, how do we feel about the the new cast members?
1: Oh, it's a pretty great cast, I think, off the bat. the I've seen six or seven episodes so far, and the cast has been fantastic because there's been a lot of turmoil and change and, like, different kind of, like, uh, yeah, like where they were like, oh, well, I think I'm interested in this person, and then, oh, no, actually, I'm interested in this person. Um, it's very dynamic maybe more so than other seasons in terms of who people are pursuing and who people are interested in. So I like it and I like uh, individually they're great. Like we got R- Risako is like the young one, but she's, I, her, what was her intro? Like she's constantly like, okay, like I'm a fitness trainer. Uh, but what I really want to focus on is, parkour and i was like what (laughs) but she she wants to do parkour like full time and she seems to be very good at it based on the few of the parkour episodes that i've seen so uh, hey that's that's pretty awesome um yeah and then like there's uh kenny uh i think his real name is kenji but he goes by kenny who's like a a musician uh and he's he's the cool guy i guess he's the one that they say is like acting very formal. That's like one of the, the things that people have, or like perhaps he's like not showing his true self, I think is how they characterize it. He's, the, he's also the oldest one. Uh, you've got uh, Haruka, who is an actress uh, and who loves driving Corvettes, who has a Corvette and loves driving cars and stuff. Right, not just uh, driving, but racing. Racing, racing. Yeah, she does drag racing specifically. And she likes hanging out with old, old guys is the other thing that comes up because uh, she can relate to them. She likes golf and drag racing and hanging out with old men because they like both those things. Uh, Shohei, Shohei, Shohei? I, th- I don't know how to say it exactly. I forget. But he's uh he's like primarily an actor model. Uh, he was living in Taiwan, was it, I think, before the show? And then he moved uh, back for this. But he has a bunch of different interests, and that becomes a plot point. <laughs> the worst uh, plot <laughs> line
2: of all. I'm so over it. I, <laughs> I don't give two shits. Everyone's like, oh, he's too scattered. Like, he doesn't have a focus in life. It's like, I don't okay. But
1: that cool. <laughs> it's, it's a huge concern. It comes up so often in this show. It's a very recurring theme. Like, are about you it. committed enough? The commentator are yeah, yeah. worried
2: about it. His fellow castmates are worried about it. The people he like works with on his various quote projects are all worried about it. They're like, you're gonna, you're never gonna get anywhere. Like, you definitely need to focus on something. You're not the jack of anything yeah. or whatever. He calls himself the jack but of all it, trades, and he's like, you're not the jack of anything. It's a great <laughs> line. But like, why are we still talking about this though? Like. We're literally watching it's, it's paint like, a room with you guys discussing this. This is so boring.
1: There's in at least every season that that has been a plot line. Because it's it's like a huge primary concern. Like there's an attitude that if you're not aiming for one thing and doing your best and everything possible in your power to get that thing, then you're not really um you're you're not a serious person. Like you're not worthy of respect. And that's like a recurring theme in each of these seasons that I've watched where there's at least a few people who are perceived as flaky and it goes down real bad with everybody else, uh, including the commentators.
0: It's also reflected in how people are introduced both in, I think, like in a recurring way is it'll be name and then there'll be age, which people are very, very direct about and also very direct about this idea that if you are in your thirties, you're dead. You're just absolutely dead. Yes. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And then it says what your profession is. And that's, there's this sense of, okay, you got it. Now you understand who this person is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then they always ask, like, how the, what's your type, too, right? right? Oh, yeah. I like, forgot yeah. that. Yeah.
2: One 1. 1.4 years of their... single. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? This is weird.
1: Man. Yeah. That'll be in the like, lower third or whatever will be like their, their <laughs> duration of singlehood. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> the... <laughs> Uh, oh, and the last the last cast member though before I forget is is Cowrie, who is an illustrator. Um, I think self employed illustrator. She's she's probably my favorite one. She's like the most even keel, and perhaps the most um, uh, I don't know not shrinking butterfly, but she doesn't like feature prominently in any of the big dramatic plot lines of of the show. She's also but, just like way uh, cooler than the rest of them. Like- way cooler. Like, yeah. That's what Everyone it is. Everyone else She's has like
2: feels like they kind of have something to prove, right? Like the parkour girl is like too hung up on this guy and this guy is like obviously just hung up on himself, whatever that guy's name is, Ruka. And then uh, Ruka
1: Oh, I forgot Ruka too. Like, yeah, Ruka is the youngest of all and he's right. a sweet sweet baby boy. <laughs> on on the Wikipedia
0: page for Terrace House, his occupation is listed as part-timer.
2: Yeah, well, and, like, in the lower (laughs) thirds, it says part-time retail associate or something. Like, they're just, like, shitting on him. Everyone else is like, oh, yeah, like, illustrator. And, like, she used to work for a big consultancy. Like, she's a genius. And then they get over to Ruka, and they're like, this guy... Although mm-hmm. I feel like
0: they're they're charmed by him though. It's more like, oh, like he's yeah. like, like you said, like he's the baby boy. He's I mean I mean a lot of the women seem to find him kind of the, the his like, painful shyness they seem to find cute.
1: Yeah. He blushes whenever talking to any women. <laughs> yeah,
2: and... That's the thing. That was like his ploy. Like that's why what's face, one of the commentators, the funny one, is so mad because he's like the first thing this guy says when he walks in is like, "Oh, I can't talk to women. I blush when I talk to women. I'm like so shy." And then he's like, "Want to go out? Yeah. Let's go skateboarding. Like, I'll be your hero, baby. Like, what the hell? Like, what a 180. You know what I mean?"
1: Yeah, that's Yamachan thinks that it's a it's a guise. It's like a thing he puts yeah. on. Oh, but he is he's uh, even the the hosts like Reina uh, especially uh, loves, loves loves him, him. loves him
2: you know like everyone's name daryl
1: well i've watched a lot of this show i watched if i had if i could count the episodes i mean i could because the information is available but i watched every single one to date
2: you could probably just like ask siri like how many episodes of terrace house are there
1: yeah but there's there's even like they made a movie out of the first season that was japanese only i watched that and there's a lot there's a lot
0: so talk i mean what what is it that makes you that keeps you coming back i mean i'm somebody who is like kind of weirdly low commitment with tv and and so like the idea of watching that many episodes of a reality tv show is just i think it's literally inconceivable to me so just to talk a little bit about why you do this
1: well part of it is the well, part of it is that Tara likes it so Tara likes it as much as I do so we've watched all of that together which is very rare for us to find a show that we're both as committed to um, part of it is that the it's so beautifully shot like I, I, I'm I, always I spend like a couple minutes at the beginning of every episode just being amazed at the shots that they've set up like and the palette they use in the, in the color editing um, but also like they do a fantastic job of positioning cameras so that they have both beautifully well composed shots and also no obvious AV equipment in shot ever, and it's technically um like fant uh, just great like an amazing achievement like the way they've I set was everything up. Was
2: asking me actually like how do they like do you think that they have cameramen there? Or do you think they just have incredible, incredibly placed cameras remotes? with remotes? Yeah, or like what? What do you think the actual setup is?
1: I think they have camera people there only because there's a few instances where they've kind of suggested that with stuff they've said. Like in the first episode, I mean, it's probably pretty easy to look up, and I'm going to hate if I'm totally wrong. But like, uh, there's in the first episode when Kari is first, and then she sits down, and then Shohai comes in, I think, and then he's like, um, he asked to sit and she goes, Oh yes. Yeah. I didn't ask to sit. I just sat down like by way of apology. So I'm like, who would she even ask to sit? So, so that makes me think like there's, there's must be a producer or a camera person in the room or something like that. But I, I don't know for sure. If It might all be just remotes, cleverly placed remotes, but I, I have no idea, but there are some follow shots and stuff. So they would have to do that remotely too if they were doing that. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's that that's like a, that's one reason, but it's also just like the the length of episodes is good. It's like just about right. The the commentary breaks up the the slow pace of the actual show itself. And the but the also everything is unique. Like the storylines are not even though they all a lot of them focus around like will they or won't they um with like really really extended drawn out kind of timelines for the resolution of that or or lack of resolution they're all very different and unique uh in small subtle ways like the subtlety of the show overall is kind of its appeal right it's like things are different in ways that are small but super significant especially once you get used to kind of the cadence of it right like there is no there's no drama there's no well there's no there's drama but there's no explosive drama in the way that what the the u.s kind of like uh, reality television would yeah. Have. the drama um, is just but, held
2: in like a single look at two people having a conversation but like it feels potentially yes. more like potent than the drama you get when you just have idiots drunkenly screaming at each other on the real world do you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah for sure and i and i think that it's like part of why i've watched so much of it and continue to enjoy it after all this time is because they never They never ramp that in the way that it's like, you know, like the real, the real world by the end of its run, it's still apparently airing on Facebook watch as we've covered before. And no one has seen the Facebook watch version of it, but like it got to the point where it was totally absurd. Like the expression jumping the shark doesn't even cover it because it was just so wacky and it was because they felt the need to like so many American shows to ramp it every season and be like, what can we do that pushes the boundaries versus last season? Right. And Terrace House has never done that. Like they changed uh, venues and the closest they got to that was doing a season in the U S but they did it in Hawaii and everybody was Japanese speaking. And it was difficult to really tell that they were in the U S based on like the, the internal house drama. So it's, That's what's nice and refreshing about it is that they're fine to not um, up the stakes every time and, like, get you that way. It just gets you through, like, no, this is a different story and it has its own drama. And that's you're so
2: into this. Wait, can I I share a mostly unrelated anecdote about the real world?
0: Yes. Cool.
2: Yeah, go. Did you guys ever watch Real World New Orleans, like the original one?
1: No. Uh, maybe many, many years ago, but I can't so... recall if i their <laughs> specifics. So
2: Okay, so I'll have to add more context. So there's this guy in Real World New Orleans from like back back way back in the day, when I was like a child, and he was a musician and he came up with this song like hybrid scat song. That he did in the confessional. (laughs) And it goes like this. It goes. Come on be my baby tonight. Over and over again. And it was like (laughs) one of those things. That like I feel like if you watched it. And you were at a certain age. Like that will trigger you in some way. Like I hope everyone who's listening. If you hear that and you know. What I'm talking about. Please tweet to me. We are in this together. But anyways. It's like completely wiped from the internet. Like there's no clip of this guy in this confessional doing this like scat song it's impossible to find and i was with a friend of mine the other night who was like oh my god i remember that we have to watch it we like, couldn't find it anywhere on the internet i went and bought an episode of the real world new orleans and it was like the new one with a bunch of losers from like, 2015 oh, yeah. or something and i was just so disappointed and that's my
1: anecdote So you still haven't been able to find it? So there's a
2: version of it that it's like a YouTube video, but it's not the actual like video. It's not the visual, but it is the recording of him singing the song, which isn't quite as good, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) But you could still hear it if you wanted to. I'll find it.
0: I feel like the version that exists in your head at this point, like so many things from childhood, is, is probably better than whatever it would be, even if you were able to track it down.
2: How would you know? You don't even know what I'm talking no, about. No, yeah, I'm just so saying I'm not
0: saying I know specifically in this case. I'm just saying that that's generally I found that to be the case general.
2: You're probably right, to be honest, but like don't just shit on my stuff, you know. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's a beautiful thing.
0: I'm <laughs> saying it's it's beautiful that you've got this version that, you know, that exists perfectly in your head. That's all.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just wish that I could find it. Like I just wanna I wanna like because Part of the issue with those things is when it's like big in your head and you're like, oh, I want to see that again. And you can't. And you like don't know the truth. I'll never know the truth. Like is it funnier in my head? Like if I watched a clip of it right now, would I be like, oh, never mind? Or would I be like, yeah, that is hilarious. I love this. I don't know. I'll never know.
1: Wait, you can probably find the actual episode to buy like, though, Like the no? real world, like at, so? at a
2: certain point, like all those old real world shows are like, I, I can't find them anywhere have to like pirate them or something if mm-hmm. they're even on the internet remember like this is a long time ago
1: well you probably just find that guy and then pay him 50 bucks or whatever it's been a long time 50 bucks. The cash. give him a ticket to disrupt <laughs> there you go
2: come on be my baby at disrupt
1: <laughs> and then he has to perform that oh, wow. on stage well, it's I gotten weird yeah, good anyways back to Bring terrace house
2: <laughs> who what couples are we rooting for can we can we do that is it spoilery time or spoilery. does that even count as a spoiler no that's not a spoiler do you have one that you're rooting for Daryl or two um
1: I actually you know what I don't think I really do there's it, things have gotten so confused that I have reason to suspect everyone for their thing and I don't think anybody's relationship is gonna necessarily work out well. So I'm kind of at the point where like I don't know that I necessarily want anybody to uh get together with this this arrangement. I think I'm waiting now on the on the shakeup. Because the other feature of Terrace House is cast members switch over the course of the season pretty frequently. Like people stick around for a while, get what they need to get done done. And then they leave voluntarily and then they always replace with like an equivalent Interesting. uh an equivalent
2: wow so we're just yeah.
1: well equivalent gender i guess i was gonna say that and i was like is that weird and it was weirder without it <laughs> so, <laughs> um
2: well so so far as far as i've seen in the show for those who want my opinion i am a fan of parkour girl with ruka They seem to have good chemistry and she seems to really like them. And I really liked that little boyfriend comment after they played cards.
1: Oh, that was great. That was a great moment. But I also feel the like
2: growing tension between like Kenny and Haruka and Ruka. And I'm sorry that I can't remember Parkour Girl's name. Do you know it? What is it? Risako. 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 So, like, there's definitely something happening there, right? With, like, the four of them and, like, who will they, won't they? And then, like, Kauri kind of comes in on the side of that as well. So, that's that's all very yeah. interesting.
1: I mean, there's a Kauri chohei thing. Kind, kind of, of, but, like,
2: I don't really like them together at all. On. Like, Chohei is definitely my least favorite character and Kauri is definitely my favorite character. Oh. So, like, she can do better, I think.
1: Wait. No, oh, I agree that tower's my favorite. I was think, just,
0: I, I think I'm, I don't like Shohei much as a person, but I like that pairing. And I, I mean, particularly just because the way he asked her out the first time, which I will not say now, since we're not trying to do spoilers, is I genuinely shouted, like, because I was so stunned with how he asked her out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, Wait, I don't was... remember that. Why can't you tell right. me?
0: This is, the, this is the end of the first episode of Tokyo, which is that he says, Kauri, I'm drawn to you very strongly. Would you like to get a drink? <laughs> and he says it with the
2: other women in the room. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is the most aggressive overt thing I've That's ever hot, seen. It's hot, though. Good show. for him. It's crazy
0: to do it in front of yeah, the other people wearing these like, you know, cargo shorts in the men's room, but like the other the men are the, all the other men are still in the living <laughs> room. So he has like isolated the women to himself and then asked her out.
2: Yeah. And then picked one. Wow. What a player. No, I I think that's cute. Yeah. I li- I like it. I also noticed that they do a lot of asking asking out in front of the group. I wonder if that's like a pressure tactic. You know, like, are you really going to say no to me in front of everyone?
1: Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of like that in the show, too, which is another compelling thing about it is like like what they choose to share privately and what they choose to air publicly. Right. And there's a lot of that. I don't know if it's happening yet where you are, but between there's crazy dynamics between um, uh, Risiko Haruka, Haruka. and uh, uh, Ruka. And what they end up doing in the presence of one another, right? And and it's like, it's I mean, it's obviously intentional, right? And it's it's like wow, like some people have some stones or have it out for some other people, and want to like make it very clear this is my man uh, to them that this is what they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, and then they and then that and then they watch it on the Netflix show as as cut and edited (laughs) by like the producers and they go like oh i'm a terrible person (laughs) like they really feel strong i can't wait for that part but it's oh it's great it's just it's because there's the um i forgot they were doing spoilers so it's fine but like uh it's haruka has like Crazy facial expressions, which they they always played up. With I think you've probably seen this already. Right? Like like they do a lot of like making.
2: She's watching them talk, and she like keeps being like, "Oh,
1: yeah, yeah." They do a lot of lingers on her, and she's very expressive in with subtle movements of the face. But then they show that, and they're all watching it, and she's just like, "Oh, my face!" <laughs> it's just like, it's so obvious. Uh But that's I mean that's also you is uh has similar she hers are like better cuz her facial expressions in the first one she has like sh- she's the first one there and she sits down and they have the funny interaction where like she asks who's the first guy and it's is it it's Shohei oh, yeah, right Shohei. yeah so she asks Shohei about like what he does and he says something and then there's a long long pause because he wh- you're expecting him to ask in return but he takes a while to do it and they go on her face and she it's, it's like her like eyelid and her lip are trembling as if like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. And then finally he says, and what are you doing? <laughs> and she says like, oh, sorry for pausing for so long. And it's like, no, 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 you, you don't need to apologize. You were doing like the natural cadence of a conversation. And he was he did not respond. But she also later references that and is like, I was deadly nervous. I thought I was going to throw up. And you could tell when you look back, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was very apparent in like, how you reacted, even though it was, it was kind of subtle. Um, and I also I rewatched it. So I, I rewatched like, the first five episodes just to really savor the subtlety of, of all the, the shows. Um,
0: okay, so one last thing that maybe we should do before we wrap up is last week we started, we got this email from a listener saying that they would like to have more recommendations for similar things. So if you like Terrace House, um, and you've watched all of it, which is sort of again difficult to imagine. but if you're Daryl and you've watched all of Terra's house, do we have any thoughts on what you should watch next?
2: It's super tough, like it's like a one of a kind thing, right? Like uh...
1: yeah, I would say you can go well, if you watched all of the Terrace house available on Netflix, you could go try to find a truck. That is dropping the other episodes that are not yet available in North America. You know, a virtual truck off of the back of which these episodes are digitally falling, if you know what I mean. Because there's no other way to get them. I'm not advising you to do crimes, but I'm just saying, if you want to watch these shows in English, there's a way and you can figure it out. Um, So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is you can watch. Um, oh, what's it called on Netflix? Also, it's the stop animation uh, program. I think it's Rilakkuma and Kauri Maybe uh, uh, Rilakkuma and Kauru is a Netflix show uh, that's like a. It's it's you're gonna think that it's super super different because it's a stop stop and go animation uh, with very short episodes, like fifteen minute long episodes, but. It's fantastic for a lot of the same reasons and it delivers a lot of the same like uh, subtlety and and yeah, like it, good storytelling that I think Terrace Hest does. So I would check that out. Also, it has the advantage of being really a quick watch because I think there's like 10 episodes and they're all 15 minutes long or something.
0: Sounds good. Should we wrap it up there? I think so. Cool. Um, next week, did we want to watch Between Two Ferns? Was that the plan? The movie?
1: Yeah, the movie version, which is a Today? No, Friday? Now? Today? Yesterday? Whenever this. I think that's right.
0: I think the the day that we're recording so it'll have been out for like a day when people hear this.
1: Right. So yeah, Zach Galifianakis somehow has got a full movie based on his uh, goofy Funny or Die fake interview show. So I don't know anything about it beyond that. And that is even that's a guess. I don't even know. That that, that might not be true. Who knows? Could be something else. (laughs) But that's what we're going to watch. And with that recommendation, um,
0: before we go, I'll just remind listeners that, as always, we love it. If you subscribe, we love it. If you leave us positive reviews, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do that on any other podcast app. You can also send us your feedback on original content at techcrunch.com. And if it's interesting and coherent, we will read it at the top of the show. And everyone, have a great weekend.
2: Yeah.
1: Bye-bye.